This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their safe spaces, their bubbles around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Hey, Sam. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Now, you were telling me about how on Friday you lost your boss's wallet. And phone. Yes, cell phone. Cell phone. And then today you bought her lunch. And what happened to the lunch? <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that. Oh, so I went out to uh, Tuhoi HQ and had lunch at Momokai. And my friend who I was having lunch with ordered the garlic prawns and I'd ordered the chicken. So I ate my lunch and then I thought, oh, I'll get Mel some of those garlic prawns in a little takeaway container. And they came out and they smelled so good I ate them. <laughs> so I ate Mel's lunch. <laughs> it was the thought that counted. Yes, that's right. She smiled and said, thank you, Mawera, as she does. <laughs> and who... that the title, Momo Kai? You, you weren't going to waste it? No, absolutely not. And who are we introducing today? It is my very great, great pleasure to introduce my colleague from one of my other roles, Courtney Andrews. Um, she has an incredibly boring and non-descriptive title in her job, so I've created a new one for her today, which is Lion Tamer slash Amazing Sciencey Chick slash <laughs> Provider of Positive Vibes to the World. Oh. There you go. And she is, the thing that I just love most, well, other than she's just so positive and kind, is that she is enabling the education of science for our young people. And to me, that is our future. Welcome, Courtney. That's a pretty grand introduction. I quite like it and I might keep it. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Every time you walk into a room now, you're going to have to get everybody to announce Lion Tamer, a sciencey chick and provider of positive vibes to the world. I totally think it's possible within the realms of the people who I work with. <laughs> they might get tired of it if you back out and then like, keep coming back in. I think um, the cohort of people I work with are likely to adapt their name or title and expect the same in return. <laughs> <laughs> We once had a, a student management system that the students worked out that they could change their titles 
So it was it was all very empowering for the students that they could change their own address details and all that sort of stuff. And I was teaching on IT, and they worked out that they could also change their titles. So we had a class of first year computing students full of lords and professors. Love it. Love it. It was not what was intended. And it took quite some time for it to work through the system. It was most confusing. So, Courtney, how was your bubble life? Um, It seemed so long ago, bubble life. But bubble life for me and my whanau was fantastic. It was an opportunity just to stop, hit pause, be at home and live by virtues, I suppose, that um, my partner and myself try really hard to implement um, with how we live regardless of a pandemic. So it was nice just to have, dare I say it, something that enabled us to do what we wanted to do, really stay at home, work from home, live off our land, see minimal people, um, choose with who we engaged with, i.e., you know, like, oh, are you, yeah, do you pass the screening code before you come visit? <laughs> it, was, it was quite an empowering state for us, COVID, living at home in our bubble, to be honest. It was a journey, don't get me wrong, it was a journey and one of those ones where you go, yeah, we really should have started doing that sooner. You know, we really should have invested in that dairy cow for our house cow a little bit sooner. But, you know, them's the learnings, drink a little less milk, leave the whenua a little less often. Um, possibly throughout, um, yeah, COVID, we may have left our whenua once to supply kai to others but other than that we're at home in lockdown and um, so i am 45 minutes outside of fakatani in a small village 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 life i'm called kutiriri so on the ohiwa harbour um traditionally known as within the waiotahi parish yeah and so we live in the iwi of upokorehi and and there's land. It's it's. This is not just a, a house on a small, on a small section. Yeah, we're we're very blessed to have forty acres to romp and roam on. Um, and luckily our neighbours aren't impartial to sharing their whenua alongside us too. So it means that we can cross the boundary fences and go further exploring and not bump into anyone really. Yeah, it's a pretty special place where we are. It sounds it. And what are you doing with the land? And so lifestyle block. Um, when we first obtained the land, it was all about being connected to the whenua and providing for our whānau off the whenua. So it was always a little bit of an aspiration to acquire some land. And once, now that we're lucky enough to have the land, we go, oh, we wanted a lot of land and really we probably only needed a quarter acre to provide what we wanted to <laughs> provide. So it's, um, it's, it's a learning journey itself. And so we, we use a couple of acres to provide kai for our whanau and run a couple of um, beef stock. And then 
we've partnered with some whanos so they can raise some animals and then whoever else comes into the mix that can utilize the land we open it up to a conversation with them really what could it look like to help them benefit them and their whanau yeah so open we don't really have a prescribed definition of what we're doing with the land probably the best way to put it is we see ourselves as um kaitiaki of the whenua and whatever it needs is what we shall try and provide for it really so let's take the first of your music selections let's have first up bgs how deep is your love why this one <laughs> um it, more of a secondary school choice and just something that always tied me back to you know, one, I can hear the kupu that you're saying in the song, in the lyrics, you know, tick. <laughs> I can hear your message that you're saying in the lyrics. And it was something that we could always um, have a good sing song to with your friends, with a few bevies, if I'm honest. <laughs> so probably a pretty shallow meaning in all
So were you working during lockdown as, as well as not leaving home? Yeah, yeah. So working full time throughout lockdown and possibly it was busier than ever for me within the school's contract space, just supporting Kayak or navigating online platforms for their classrooms and um, having conversations around what what can learning look like from afar, what is um, place-based learning that's appropriate for whānau to assist with whilst you know, given these set of skills and what they believe they can achieve in the realms of academia, their kids. What is it that you do? Mm, that's <laughs> oh, another pigeonhole question. What do you do? Um, so my primary role is to broker relationships and enable local solutions for education in communities. So it can look like anything. Um, but the crux of it is that communities know their learning spaces better than external providers. So what they believe is important is important. And how do we how do we assist them to navigate the space to implement what they believe is important for their learners? Um, so really trying to drive the conversation, well, not trying to, really driving the conversation that you know your learner best and as a community you can provide for your learner. Yeah, I think, you know, part of it is to stopping that conversation, or stopping that forethought that we need to have putia to make something happen. First, let's evaluate um, what is the belief that you think is important for your learner's journey. Let's scope and scan what already exists within your community that we can leverage off. And then saying, let's do it within the parameters of resources that we have. And then that, that in turn creates that sustainable program or learning journey for a community to implement. Regardless of the funding, you can rock this out. Yeah. So during COVID, it, it sounds as though you were folk, your approach would be on that, that you said place-based learning. Hmm. That's about projects and building a fort in the garden rather than an hour of maths. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's about going out and finding those worms in the garden and going, well, hang on, if we look at this square meterage, I've got one worm, and if I go over here in this part of the garden, I've got 15. What's going on? What was the last thing that we dropped in this garden? You know, and keeping it real and keeping it simple for our whānau that you don't need to have that tohu to say, I am an educator, really valuing the skill set and the richness that our, our people already have and practice within their day-to-day -day lives. Yeah. Was it hard work getting people to be comfortable with, with that? Because... I imagine an awful lot of people would have, would quite like their kids to be doing an hour of maths and an hour of science and an hour of English. Yeah, homework. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, and what COVID provided was a platform to say that it doesn't have to look like that right now. How you're conditioned is you know, completely okay. And if we go back to that learning style and approach post-COVID, that's all good. But for right now, given the resources that we have in this time and place, what can we do? 
And actually that's about leveraging off our everyday activities, you know? And so when whānau start to go, oh God, you know, how, how do you unpack that with a whānau is simply by saying, what, tell me about your morning. What do you get up to in the morning? And they start to say, you know, I chase the kids out of the bed and we get parakuhi ready and we set the table. And we say, that's great learning, you know, key competencies, managing self. What time are they getting out of bed? Oh, well, I try and get them up out at 8, eight but they're not really up out at, until 8.30. Cool. So if we say get up at 8, then let's set that as a challenge. They nail getting out of bed at 8 o'clock. We go, tick, cool, you're managing self, key competency. You're going to be a contributing member to society. Yeah. Keeping it real. Have you, real. <laughs> have you been working to help people embed that sort of practice after the, the lockdown when people have rushed back to, to school and rushed back to usual practice? Yeah. yeah. We're, um, we're extremely fortunate to um, the principals with it throughout the Eastern Bay of Plenty asked us to create a provisional registered teachers course for year ones so what was cool coming out of COVID is having this cohort of teachers and saying what does your classroom need to look like now so already having a targeted audience that are young fresh dare I say don't really know any different because they haven't been imprinted on so hard that you know this is the way we will teach um that they were open vessels to go, oh, that's possible. Yeah. So I guess in that forum with beginning teachers, we continued the conversation. Have the kids come out all right from from the COVID experience? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know anything that would quantify that they haven't come out any worse um, because we didn't have any pre-existing data that says you know this is the state and well-being of um, our cohort of learners however post-covid um, and well-being already being a predisposed priority within the education sector what it has made us do is say or as providers is be more accountable to the well-being and say hey ministry or Ministry of Education, Ministry of Health have their eyes on the well-being of our rangatahi. And so now we almost have more of a due diligence to be practising with that at the forefront. You know, we can't engage with literacy numeracy if we're worried about our pugu, about our home, about instabilities, about whatever, you know, the argument that happened on the bus on the way to school. We're now more than ever accountable to stopping and pausing and saying how do I strengthen this relationship to know my learner yeah I think that's a cool space to be in post-covid you know know me first know me first to teach me yeah bubble sprite of the forest of Orokunui Dunedin's favourite goddess Tahu Mackenzie I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstar, in your beloved universes. And I really hope that whatever happened around you 
and wherever you are this journey that we're all on together moving to be very rewarding very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are the triumph nature's art perfect unique and here making things better thank you so here i am driving along talking to you very very clever technological way and my car is absolutely full to the brim with beautiful native bird feeders peek bird feeders that i'm sending off to people around beautiful aotearoa new zealand and i had a wonderful day yesterday and of course very excited to talk to you all about it having a therapeutic group again up at otakanoe that's really my favorite focus for my time and energy there and as we all know the real world the living world the natural world has been the most healing and continues to be the most healing connection in my life and i really want to encourage others to feel that connection and act their own healing and growth sense of self and we had a very beautiful day with some lovely young people and worked through lots of different ways of noticing with the natural world it's really fantastic and one young person who had not been able to be in a forest without having a panic attack it had been very very hard process for them was able to really enjoy being in a forest i felt so happy that that world come back for them so it was a really powerful day and sam posted a wonderful photo of everybody who'd been in the show and of course this got me thinking 176 beautiful people all put together in this wonderful collage and this is something i would love to do as an art project for water to stand in photos of everybody who lives here and loves here and loves living here and make a big image with all their photos we really love to do that so hopefully that can one day but in the meantime, I was looking at all these wonderful people in the show and I was just really feeling such appreciation and admiration for Sam and the show, bring people and their stories out into the world to inspire and encourage each other. It's really what we're here to do and why we have language, why we have our consciousness. And of course, it's not just us. It's all species co-evolving, collaborating, cooperating. And we also again that privilege that we have that we are surrounded by all this life communicating time offering us gifts stories inspiration messages of hope these means of wonder these messages of a different perspective and i really love the beautiful young people come to visit me at otokanoe just reiterating to them that they are experiencing the world in a completely unique way and how important it is to share that there you do and for some of them, they haven't been encouraged in that way before and realised perhaps that their consciousness is so unique. So of course we are all here with our unique stories and at the same time we are all one. We are all one consciousness, we are all one life force, we are all connected and we are experiencing a shared journey. So it's wonderful to be able to move between those two different states of awareness, sensing that oneness and that connection, and really thriving, enjoying our independent individual experience. So I really hope for you, whatever life forms are around you today, they are sharing lots of inspiration with you, and you in turn are able to share your perspective and stories with them. And I really hope that today, a wonderful, wonderful time, 
and you can see how throughout your life you've been contributing all this knowledge, all this wisdom, and you can help those around you to grow and for their consciousness to expand. And I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Courtney Andrews. Um, I just wanted to elaborate a little bit more around, you know, in context learning, keeping it real. An example is, you know, this afternoon just taking the girls down to collect the eggs from our chooks and the hay needed cleaning out in our little chook boxes and got no hay handy. So what we did was we um, went into our nahiri and we found angiangi, you know, and my girls are only three, but they were able to... um, Depict, you know, between sticks and different um, different materials on the ground, what angiangi looked like, and then we were able to, you know, go put it in our chook nest with the thoughts that that would absorb um, any kind of byproduct of the chook. And you know, like that stuff, just every day, what is around us? How can we be resourceful? How does this? Um, how could this byproduct, you know, that's fallen off the trees become purposeful again to inhibit new life? It's pretty special. You know, when you just start to talk and level out with your kids, let's let's be critical thinkers here. Let's find what, what we can resource within our whenua to solution solve. Yeah. Something and, so simple. And we have a an essential two and a half year old granddaughter. We say essential because her parents were both essential workers, so she spent a lot lot of time during lockdown here. So her favourite thing is to going up to our chickens when we're putting them to bed at the night and lying down on the hill and looking up at the sky and she says we've asked what she's doing, she says, I'm skying. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. We've seen lots of changes, societal changes, over the last few months. What do you think might stick and what do you hope will stick? Yeah, um, hmm, that's, that's like a loaded question. We want the best of every human being to stick whatever they experienced and thought, Man, that's a bit of me. <laughs> we want every human being to keep that peace and make sure that they shape their world in such a way that they can do that. And so I'd hate to define what that looks like for any human being and every human being. But for me, myself, and definitely prioritised, you know, the, the purpose, the purpose of why we're around, you know, is the purpose to serve for our mahi or is that a platform that we engage with because it's something that we enjoy, therefore we continue to engage with it. Um, yeah, just just finding out our, our own purpose, what we want to take away with from the space. And for, for me, it, yeah, consolidated living off the land with my whanau. When we describe this show to people, we describe it as being deliberately positive, but not deluded. (laughs) I love it. How do you see the the role of a a positive mindset 
goodness me. Yeah, interesting. Um, I think you've always got to come at something with an optimistic mindset. However, you need to be prepared that with that optimism, you need to be practical at some point too. <laughs> so if somebody's telling you that's a little too purple, that's a little too pie in the sky, how about we have some cross-pollination of some actuals in that mix? And then from that, hopefully you land at something that's relevant to whatever you're trying to solve. <laughs> but, you know, in that too about believing the best in people, I choose to believe in you, I choose that X, Y, and Z, you know, that kind of self-talk. How do you put into that the critical questioning that that science needs yeah for me it's all around you know being optimistic you also need to deconstruct for facts so deconstruction is a huge part of my practice whether that be just a part of my wholeness or thinking scientifically and practicing scientific literacy deconstructions kind of a core component of my practice and saying okay let's look at these little micro bits are they still functionable when we break them out and how might we tie them back in together or layer them back together to equal the picture uh, Courtney you and I have talked a lot about imagination and um I know that there's been, you know, some studies done just recently where opportunities have been given to kids to uh, imagine what their future looks like. But they they gave the they gave the box to the child and said, "Create the future within the box." How do we actually get our kids to vision that imagination without the box? Oh. Man, these are tough questions. <laughs> um, you know, if I think about some of our most vulnerable children that we're fortunate, fortunate enough to work alongside, um, we need to acknowledge that they come with richness and how do we extrapolate what that richness is that they identify with first and foremost. And then from there, we can value that richness. And once you value that richness, it then entitles, not entitles, and carves a pathway for them to engage with such a conversation that is real, you know, like I want to or I pluck possums in, in my life. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about that. What, do, what does that mean? What does that provide for your whanau? Well, we set a trapping line, you know, once a fortnight we go off as a whanau and whatever, and then it's our responsibility as educators to foster that and go, okay, so you could be a trap liner, you could work for Narahui or Te Whenua, you could be resource management inside of that and start populating the conversation. So they only know what they know and that richness is perfect. How do we guide them to say, when you're saying possum trapping, this is actually what's involved inside of the possum trapping business. And where might you pathway your education choices towards knowing that all these options actually sit inside of 
possum trapping. Yeah. Dialogue. How do we? Dialogue is key. How do we get the teachers and the other people who are asking that question about what does the future look like? How do we get them to understand that instead of building barriers for the learners? How do we get those adults to open their minds enough to value those experiences of our kids? Yeah, oh, that's one of those questions. Can can you teach? A, can you teach a philosophy? A practice you know it's something that we acquire on our journey as practitioners we kind of leave university going you know I'm a teacher and this is how I'm going to practice reading literacy numeracy and it's not until you start to question your own education journey to say what really worked for me and how am I going to practice with the learners because this left you know a significant difference for for me as the learner so i don't know if we can necessarily be intentful with our actions to shape um teachers to have that kind of pedagogical um thought however we can provide little microclimates of opportunities for them to engage with professional development or to see um maybe pilot projects that have had um, impacts on learners learners journeys um, and just to reference you know like alternative education is a great place to start that conversation and say hey um we've got a cohort of you know 20 to 30 learners that have been pathwayed out of mainstream education yet once they arrive in alternative education as karako we go what are you doing here? God, you're amazing. Your think tank and the diversity that you offer um, with your critical thinking is just mind blowing. Yes, you're intent on ensuring that social justice is present at all times. <laughs> but, you know, knowing the learner really does help us go, you're a magical human being, you know, believe in yourself. You can provide for yourself what you're doing is not wrong, you know, and perhaps you need to tweak some of those behaviours, but not the thinking that's involved in there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, so it's a journey, it's a journey to build in. I want to say you either got it or you don't, but that's not very, um, <laughs> that's not great succession planning. <laughs> <laughs> what lessons do you think we can take from the COVID response at any level you want to talk about for those bigger questions like social justice or climate change or biodiversity? Yeah. Mm. I, I suppose the question that comes to my mind is, is attendance at Kuda really that important to create an impact? You know, on, in your learning journey, do you really need to be at Kura every single day? The evidence says yes, you know. You need to be at Kura 80% of the day, so that's only one day off a week. However, when we go during COVID, these are the experiences, hopefully positive, these are the experiences I had being connected to my whanau. How did that impact on me? You know, was that beneficial that I got to kick it with mum and dad a little bit more? 
be it watching TV, Netflix, sitting on the couch, cooking pop, whatever, you know, what what kind of impact did those positive Fano connects have during COVID? Is attendance that could have really that important? Must be because we keep investing money in it now post COVID, but <laughs> I suppose it's it's back to that thing about this that science is not just about learning the facts of science, but it's about learning a a scientific approach or mindset a way of querying the world. If we can get kids set up with that, then it doesn't really matter where they are. Absolutely, science is about the unknown and having the capability to ask the question for the future, whether that be you know. Uh, got to hang my washing out today what time am I going to hang that out you know to be most efficient to get the most out of my day because I've also got to be here there and everywhere yeah so science is about our everyday world and the more that we start saying out loud to our professionals or anybody who's in a teaching capacity and educated that science is around us all day every day it takes a little bit of that fear away that we have. Ooh, got to teach science now. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have Alanis Morissette, Hand in My Pocket. I'm broke, but I'm happy. I'm poor, but I'm kind. I'm short, but I'm healthy, yeah. I'm high, but I'm grounded. I'm sane, but I'm overwhelmed. I'm lost, but I'm hopeful, baby. And what it all comes down to is that everything's gonna be fine, fine, fine. Cause I've got I'm sad but I'm laughing 
have some questions to end the show with Courtney what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years Ooh. oh god all these like life changing questions really <laughs> um, <laughs> um, huge successes is I've been lucky enough to have two children in the last two years so you know it's pretty magical your body forming a human being inside yourself you know something that happens with much unawareness really and accountability (laughs) it all just happens without you really that's pretty magical i'd have to put that up there we're writing a book of these conversations it's called tomorrow's heroes it's our team of people doing good work so you are in our team what is the superpower that's got you into our mansion I would, oh, I want to say being a little bit mischief, really asking those critical questions and saying, are we for real still doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Often I walk out with two black eyes and a broken leg, but at some point traction comes from that conversation. (laughs) Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Yeah, I'm going to say yeah, I do, because with activism comes responsibility and I'm responsible for the journey that I can have impact on. If I'm not an activist within the education sector, you'd have to be questioning what you're doing there. I believe that anybody can achieve, so it's my right and responsibility to, you know, support moving those mountains alongside of whānau to ensure that they can be a part of society in the contributing way that they see fit. Hmm, yeah. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? I would have to say belief, belief that there's richness in the hills. Yeah, advocating for our rural communities and just just hopefully peeling back those those layers to say god you're so lucky we're so lucky look at our surroundings look at what we've got look at what how we can work no we're not a decile team could have but can a decile team could have go down to the oil for a swim and do my nose off you know 
like people pay me a bucks to do that and here we are just rocking it out every day how rich and how plentiful uh, is our environment and our upamanga yeah so what challenge are you looking forward to in the next year or so Oh, goodness, dare I say, you know, just in um, probably the next three months, it's around deconstructing current contracts and saying, how can we do this differently and how can we leverage off different spaces and and partner alongside and make others accountable for what they should be doing for the betterment of wellness and our rangatahi and our community. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Oh, advice. I think just keep rocking out who you are and make sure it's in check with that you're contributing to somebody else's smile for the day. Yeah, keep bringing you. Thank you for that. Mawira. Courtney, um, I've just sent you a link. Uh, just before to the Velveteen Rabbit. I just want to read this one little line from it. This is the Velveteen Rabbit by Marjorie Williams Bianco. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off, your <laughs> eyes drop out, and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all because once you are real, you can't be ugly except to people who don't understand. I love it. I love it. It is For real. It is a great story, and I I know that you're going to enjoy it. Thank you so much for sharing with us tonight. I really just, yeah, I feel very lucky that I get to work with you. I enjoy working with you too, my friend. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Listen to reason, reason is calling. 
been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. We're listening to Stand by R.E.M. I'm Samuel Mann in Soares Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Paratai in Fakatani and in Kutureri, Lion Tamer, Sciencey Check, and provider of positive vibes to the world, Courtney Andrews. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.